Yeah, yeah. Woke up in the morning and to God be the glory. Thankful for another day to tell my story. Put my opinions in the universe and let them orbit. I'm from the dirty south with a dirty mouth, might need orbit. Miss thing things on me like a nigga Norbit. Had to refuse them cause my bitch no resfusion, she gorgeous. As I dab my sons up and kiss my daughter forehead. Tell them we gon' get this money till my pockets morbid. Remember living in apartments, now we playing mortgage. You ain't gotta like a nigga regardless, baby, I'm blessed. And I keep that blick with me, we like grits and eggs. As you sip your coffee, flick your cigarette and let a nigga vet. Yeah, yeah. Back again. Deontay Kyle, Grits and Eggs Podcast, episode 13. I have the lovely Deanna, a.k.a. Solar Storms behind the camera assisting me today. Um, feeling really good today, feeling really grateful today. <clears throat> As always, questions, comments, concerns, email me at gritsandeggspod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys, um, your input. I definitely want to make the listeners a bigger part of the show. Um, just solely based on the fact that I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for y'all. I wouldn't have a following on TikTok if it weren't for y'all. I would never got started on a podcast if it wasn't for y'all. So y'all input is important to me. So reach out to me at gritsandeggspod.com until Spotify allows me to get the voice message feature back going. Now, to parlay that voice message feature, I am going to create a toll-free number. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be like 404-555-EGGS or something like that. But I have to wait till I create that. I will have that set up by next episode so y'all can send me voicemails directly because I would love to play your voicemails at the end of the episode so we can have like a live interaction. That should just be dope to me. Um, also, if you have music that you want to send in, I have got a couple of um, submissions. We still going through them right now. I got about three trying to decide. That'll be started on the next episode. Excuse me. As well as people that are trying to promote brands or products. Um, I have two in mind, uh, both clothing brands, one specifically for kids and my daughter hair do be fresh. So I might have her do the modeling for that one. Um, but we waiting to, you know, make it a even exchange. They send me some merch. I give them free marketing. We do it like that. Um, also some reflections, some reflections that I have about my last episode is that. I was extremely nervous, okay? So I resorted to using a lot of language that doesn't bode well in clips. Like, just it was just nigga this and fuck that and bitch this. And it was just like, I know I have a broader vocabulary than that. I know I'm more articulate than that, but I was just in this bit nervous. And I was just in this bit awesome. Ugh, fuck that, fuck that, nigga that, nigga that. We ain't doing that this episode, okay? I, I need clips, okay? You can't do the clips. You know, everything is censored now. So we're going to keep it a lot more, we're going to keep the flow a lot more intelligent in this bitch. <laughs> That's the last bitch of the episode, okay? But, uh, you know, the new year has brought um, forth a lot of change for a lot of people, just in the sense of, there's been a lot of uncoverings of truth. Um, some of our topics that we're going to talk about today is the Epstein list, the tunnels in New York, and the 215 bodies buried, found buried behind uh, Jackson, Mississippi jail. Um, it got popped off early with the Cat Williams interview. 
and it's just perpetually growing. Things are being unearthed. Things are being discovered. Truths are coming to the light. And um, one thing that is just really been heavy on my mind this week is just this idea of uh, being more grateful and being more grat- uh, having more gratitude and being in a constant state of gratitude. Because in this country, we live under a system of capitalism, and I know it's easy to always want more. You know, you want to chase that American dream. And for some people, the American dream is really a nightmare. And sometimes the people that have the least really have the most spiritually because they're in a statement, a state of contentment. Now, we have a funny way of taking words away from what they mean and using them to make um, people feel less than when content just means a, a state of satisfaction. A lot of people never are in a state of satisfaction and they're always chasing. They're always going after the money, after materials, after the new man, after the new woman, after the new attention-seeking venture, which is why a lot of people's marketing strategies to promote their brands is to say things to piss you off, is to outrage farm and do bullshit like that. <laughs> but I think that <clears throat> if, if you just keep it real with yourself and accept your life and where you're at, your ambitions will speak through your spirit. Wanting wanting more or or knowing that you can get more is not the same as never being satisfied. Having this unsatiable, unsatiable thirst for more is basically reiterating to the universe that what they've given you is not enough. And a lot of times that results in people losing everything or that results in people having everything they ever wanted and still not being satisfied. And I've just been in a place where, you know, I moved from Alabama. I found a new job. I'm not over the road no more. And then I'm just in this place where I'm just constantly thinking about money, thinking about what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just one day I was just like, you know what? What I have is enough. What I have is enough. The And I'm thankful for it. And a lot of people um, that I've talked to, they always like bigging me up, like, bro, you got this podcast going. You done built up your following on TikTok. You got a nice house. You, you and your wife got cars. Your kids cool. Every, everything good. But I'm battling with myself on this internal thing. Like, I can always do more. I can do more. I can do more. And I think that's just capitalism masked with, like, fatherhood a little bit. You know, growing up with a part-time father. May be better than not having a father at all, but it definitely still leaves some holes in you. Pause. So I was looking at this uh, interview with NBA Youngboy, and the guy had asked him about, um, first of all, I couldn't sit through the whole interview. So I just went back and looked to the clips because, I, you know, it's just hard to listen to people that's clearly on dope talk. Um, but. That ain't here or there. That's just a rapper lifestyle thing. I ain't judging the man. It is what it is. I don't I'm not really particularly fond of the music either because I don't want to listen to people rap about murder all day. Um, but the guy asked him how he felt about fatherhood, and he was like, I'm not particularly fond of it. You know, he doesn't really care about fatherhood. And we talking about somebody that got X amount of kids by X amount of baby mamas and other men like this that get fame, get wealth, and they just go to planting all these different seeds and you're creating more broken homes. And it's gotten to a place where the structure of that 
has fallen so much on a woman that they almost expect a father not to be around. And knowing that that's going on in society and then people will congratulate me or, you know, give me props for being there for my kids when this should be the normal thing. And I think just the stresses of fatherhood, wanting your kids to have more than you had, wanting kids to have a better experience than you had um, and be brought up in a household of love and not survival is something that'll keep you stressed out. But just know, like, if you're a dad out there and you're doing your thing, you're doing enough, man. You're there. You're showing your kids love. Uh, sometimes fathers are around, but they're not present. So just remind yourself to be present. Play with your kids. Listen to your kids when they talk to you. I'm guilty of it myself. Sometimes I get caught up in my own shit, and I'm just, oh, in a minute this, in a minute that. And then you got to check yourself, like, no, let me be present because you can't get these moments back. And a lot of times you build building core memories with your children that you don't even recognize are being built. So um, I'm just in a place of gratitude. I'm in a place of being thankful for everything that I have. I'm thankful to have people just to sit down and listen to me speak that find uh, the things that I have to say as important as I think they are. You know, I ain't too shy about saying I think I have something to say and I want to be heard. And I'm just glad to have people out there that want to hear it, you know. Um, so that's it for this uh, week, just in in the, you know, in the me department. As far as in the news, um, we all know about the Epstein list coming out. And, you know, I'm just trying to connect some dots here. Um, but before we get into me connecting the dots, how the fuck is Stephen Hawking a threat to anybody? And also, I think... White people are tricky, bro, because they won't speak about black accomplishments unless it's propped up to make them look good. Like Martin Luther King's holiday coming up and we know about the tragic assassination of Martin Luther King. But then uh, the FBI comes out and say admits to killing him, basically. Um, and that's not going to be talked about in schools. It's always going to be talked about as an assassination, which it was an assassination. But it just, he didn't die from the gunshot, and we all know that. But he gets a holiday because white people get to be comfortable in preaching that Dr. King. Dr. King would have never done this. Uh, you know, he talked about the content of a man's character and not his skin while they still are racist. But they like the nonviolent blacks. You know, they like niggas that ain't finna do shit but talk or beg for acceptance or are willing to sit down and have a sit-in and let you throw salt, pepper, and sugar and spit on them and slap the fuck out of them and beat them up like they did on the Selma Bridge. That's their idea of advancement for black people. You have to be willing to allow me to do whatever the fuck I want to do to you. And that's equality to them. So, but then they do these little tricky things. Like, they present people like Helen Keller, a deaf mute. And then you telling me this bitch is an author? How does this make sense? You're talking about a time and place when if you if you had anxiety, if you was just anxious, if you get depressed, they'll throw you in a fucking loony bin. One flew over, one flew over the fucking cuckoo's nest. Yes, will never be seen again. But you telling me a deaf mute bitch was writing books as an esteemed author and she a woman y'all was giving her the benefit of the doubt? No. That's tricky white people shit, bro. I'm telling you. This is a way to say even our deaf mutes are better than niggers. 
but that's just my opinion on it. So then you got Stephen Hawkins, nigga that understands the universe, but it be in a, you know, I don't um, think it's per- particularly tasteful to make fun of the handicap. But you talk about a nigga with ASL, and you expect me to think that this motherfucker is a, a for one a, un- understands the keys to the universe. And then for two is a sexual predator. The most harm he could have did was look. And nine times out of ten, you don't even know what he's looking at. So this is just this is tricky white people shit. I don't really trust the whole Stephen Hawking understanding the keys to the universe shit. When you know the ASL like literally rots your brain from the inside out. This is just some way of like. This is just like white propaganda to me because they can they can put whatever the fuck they want to put in them damn computers and have it say whatever they want to say. I mean, they got technology that we don't understand, and they're always 10, 15 years ahead of us in technology. It could be somebody over there computing the answers and having that shit come out. Stephen Hawking don't know no fucking better. He probably don't even know where the fuck he was at. It's just a way to wheel him out. Like, look, even... Even retarded whites are in, are understand the the ins and outs of the universe, and I know retarded is a bad word to use, but this is also decided by white people what we can and can't say. White people will tell you what you can and can't say and call you a dirty nigger right in your motherfucking face. No holds barred because if they get angry, all the rules go out the window. No political correctness, but this is this is just tricky white people shit to me. This is like. Look, even our even our mentally ill, even our mentally disabled are geniuses. It's bullshit. So the Epstein list come out. I know that David Copperfield is on the list. Funny to have a magician in there in a child sex trafficking ring. Just making fucking children disappear. But then you have these NYC tunnels come out. Now, this is where the dots start to connect for me. So you have Jeffrey Epstein, who is in a protected group, the Jews. And anytime you see that last name, Steen, Stein, Berg, all the Bergs and Stings be on some fuck shit. And you can't talk about them or or you threatening to put them back in the Holocaust. But you can talk about nigga with impunity and nothing to happen. No mention of Jim Crow. No mention of the crack epidemic. No mention of slavery. All these things that was done to us by our government. Talk about police brutality and now you being a victim. It's just all of these things. But let's just let's just talk about Jeffrey Epstein and Israel and connect it back to these these tunnels in New York City underneath a synagogue that's also connected to a daycare center. Um, you have an admitted documentation of Jeffrey Epstein being a part of Mossad operation. This is a a Israeli intelligence operation, a blackmail operation to get powerful people in compromising positions. Now, if you put powerful people in compromising positions, you can pretty much puppeteer them because yeah, you might be the governor of Georgia and you might not agree with what we're doing in Palestine, but do you want to stand with Israel, or do you want it to be uncovered that you're a pedophile? I I, I think you're just going to stand with Israel. Same thing can be said about all these celebrities that support Israel. When you've been compromised by an Israeli intelligence agency, the Mossad, 
you are now a puppet and you got to pretty much do what you told. And these people do what they're told. Um, and so then you got the NYC tunnels underneath a Jewish synagogue connecting back to Israel, which is a, it, it, they say it's a Zionist state, but the flag is the Star of David, which has always been a Jewish symbology, some Jewish symbolism, uh, symbolism of Judaism. So why do we have tunnels? Okay, and then you have, I'm, 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 I'm going to read this article uh, that I found on uh, AP News. AP News is a very credible website. But it says, an illegal tunnel discovered under historic Brooklyn synagogue compromised the stability of several structures surrounding the religious complex, prompting an order to vacate as well as citations against its owners, city officials said. And the excavation work was done without the approval of the Department of Buildings. You talking about niggas that's just doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Now, there's only two reasons to have a tunnel. And, and, and there's one overall reason to have it is that you're trying to hide some shit. But the two reasons is you either smuggling drugs or you smuggling people. Now, Jeffrey Epstein's Center was centered in NYC. He was around all the NYC nightlife. You know, all the powerful, powerful people love to go to New York. They got billionaires row out there. You're talking about people from all over the world that have been compromised and are on these flight logs. Is it safe to say that if there's tunnels connected to a motherfucking child daycare center that they just discovered here? And we have no insight about what was being done. We do know that they had a so a blood-soaked mattress come out from underneath that tunnel. But you're talking about people that's just doing whatever, nine times out of ten, probably ten times out of ten, smuggling humans, smuggling children, human sex trafficking, which is exactly what's happening on Epstein Island. Now, you don't do this without... You, you do this without approval. I mean, you think you above the law and you above the state. And some of these people, in some ways, they are. And Israel can do whatever the fuck they want, apparently, because the death toll is up to 22,000 people dead in Palestine. I mean, they're completely wiping them people the fuck out. And, yeah, we're doing our part. We ain't eating McDonald's, and we ain't eating, we ain't eating and drinking at Starbucks no more. But at the same time, man, them people couldn't give a rat's ass, bro. Them folks is just bombing that shit away. And you don't have people that can stand against it that are in powerful positions because they've already been compromised. And the person, Epstein, that was probably willing to talk, they knocked his ass off. And then, you know, so you can connect all these dots back to Israel. But also, there's just a certain group of people, protected people, Jewish people, that always seem to be in the midst of some fucking funny business. But every time you criticize them, they're so neurotic about everything that happened in Germany. Like, we know what happened to y'all in Germany. It ain't going to happen again. Not when you in motherfucking control of everything. And not when you have people compromised because of said control. Now, that could be a cons considered a conspiracy theory, but we know how Zion is wrong. So, then you get to um, another unearthing of sorts and it still all falls under this umbrella of white supremacy where you have 215 bodies found buried in Pauper's Field next to the Hines County Penal Farm near Jackson, Mississippi 
and they are calling for a federal investigation into the burials, which took place without families being notified. With their attorney now saying the field holds hundreds more graves and families want a full account on the bodies buried there. Now, this is uh, the, the main issue with racism and white supremacy and specifically policing. That you can kill prisoners with impunity and you can damn sure kill black people with impunity. And you know that if it's in Mississippi, one of the most racist states in America, historically, that you can bet your motherfucking bottom dollar that 95% of those bodies are black bodies. And what you do, this is how, like, this is why people hate police, but this is why people also hate racism and white supremacy because power corrupts. If I kill a white man, me, we're going to get justice immediately, right? If I, if I even make it to serve justice, I might get street justice. But historically, there's little to no consequence for black people and their harm against black. I mean, for white people harming black bodies. And if you get some ignorant motherfucking police officers that know I can kill you like they killed that dude, hit him with a car. And instead of reporting it, they buried him with his information still on there. And nobody knows where this guy's this guy goes. So you got hundreds of people who have family members they're never going to see again and are not notified about it. And not only that, in order to claim these bodies, the state is trying to get them to pay a fee just to get the exhumed bodies. Just to give like, people a proper fucking burial. So, I mean, while the truth is steadily going to come out every day, 2024 is going to be a year of revelation, without a doubt. But my issue is this. When we're talking about things that go on in the black community, um, oftentimes we get so overwhelmed with the constant feed of negativity that we disregard information and we disregard history and education. And I wondered the other day, there has to be white people, Hispanic people, Asian people that record just as much as their, of their fucking ignorance too. But it seems like black people's ignorance always makes the news. Now, one could say that we are truly the most ignorant of the bunch, right? And then one could use their intelligence to date all of this, these displays of ignorance back to some sort of systemic oppression and a systemic conditioning. Okay, cool. But also, isn't it very fitting that every time something negative about black people comes out. It comes from these publications that are run for black people by white people. So I'm just in this place of like, we, we have to get, we have to get an understanding that while we have no allies, we can't, we have to become allies with each other. And we have to always remain in the context of, not only what's been done to us systemically, but how can we contribute to the betterment of our people as individuals 
And are we going to have to draw a line immediately? Because I like one thing that Cat Williams said is that the line is not drawn at race. There's God's side and then there's the other side. And while I would say ever since I've gotten sober, I have struggled with my relationship with God. But I I have to also understand that my brain is going through a software update. The files were corrupted. Okay? I had had my files corrupted by cocaine. (laughs) And I've been sober for a little over a year now. I'm not counting the days because it just ain't me no more. So I don't need to keep a count. And I ain't going on a motherfucking... um, I ain't going to know NA or AA or none of that shit. I don't need to keep account. I, I've I've disregarded that fabric of my life. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so I'm just pushing forward, right? And I went through this crazy phase of like nihilism. I don't believe in nothing. At, at one point, everything was everything, and now nothing means nothing. Look, we're gonna take. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna take a quick break, uh, and check the kids real quick. Just give us a quick minute. Yeah, um. So the issue was, oh, we're back. Uh, so with me going through this like nihilistic phase, you got to understand too that questioning your relationship with God, especially when you're raised up in the church and then you convert from the church to black militants like I went to, and then you go from being a black militant to being a spiritualist, having little to no relationship with God is very like, damning to your like brain chemistry because you're talking about I'm 30 31 32 years having this like consistent relationship with this being something outside of myself to like repairing this relationship within myself with no higher power that I'm acknowledging you understand what I'm saying but I will say as things have kind of, as my brain chemistry and my, you know, balance has kind of like restored and found its center again, I am exploring more into that relationship with God um, in the in the in the aspect of God being a consciousness and an energy and something that exists and live within all of us and exists and live within nature, and the way to fully acknowledge that you are on the side of God is to tell the truth. And you have a, a government and a system that we live under that is constantly pushing lies to us. And we're trying to refute that with the truth, but we're getting so involved in it every day that we're not, I think a lot of times we just not even living our lives. Like we spend a lot of times on these phones, um, just scrolling, TikTok, just tick talking our fucking life away. Um, and the seconds of the clock is just ticking and talking. And then we get on Instagram for instant gratification. And then we get on Twitter, which just is a cesspool of information and negativity. Um, and I'm just at this place where I'm trying to find the center while still using all the information that I've gained over the years. And then you look at stories like this and you do feel a little helpless and you do feel a little hopeless because what the hell can I do? about the 215 people buried in Mississippi besides bring awareness to it. But a lot of times I think you have to bring awareness and then you have to keep it pushing because if you take every problem in the world personal, 
you're not going to have, for one, no personal life. And for two, you're just going to be in a constant state of, like, anger and rage. And I understand the James Baldwin, Baldwin quote about that. But there has to be some type of balance. And that's why I'm at in my life is just restoring the balance. And this is why I start the thing off, uh, to start the episode off with saying, come from a place of gratitude. You know, do black people in our community have a, a gang of issues? Yes. Are we the are we the root cause of those issues? No. But does that excuse conscious behavior on other people's part? No. So your best bet is just to try to be as righteous as you can on your own behalf. Um, and you can't judge or look down on other people from the community just because you don't agree with them. But um, Deanna is behind the camera not doing her job. She's causing a commotion. <laughs> Loving yourself is, is to, to love yourself is to love black people. And I do. And, you know, seeing a, an 11 year old in the club with a little baby is just like, what the fuck? Seeing a, a nine-year-old in rap videos talking about fucking bitches and getting his dick sucked when I know that boy can't even get an erection is disheartening. And it is uh, it, it is like the ignorance is getting displayed on a grander level every year. Um, And there is no defending it. The only thing you really can do is condemn it. But then... You have to check your kids and what they into and make sure you ain't raising up no little RTs and shit like that. But then you have to also understand that some people don't see anything wrong with that. And you have to accept that. Just like we talk about Christians and how Christians always trying to push their religion on the people. Um, you have to accept that you're going to find some people from your community ignorant and you're not going to agree with them. And you can still love them. But we are in a place now where we're going to either be on the side of righteousness and black mobility and a part of or we're going to be on the side of like reinforcing negative stereotypes, falling into negative stereotypes or apologizing for these negative actions and these ignorant actions being done in our community. And I'm not uh, I'm not an apologist for ignorance. Um, there's an abundance of information out there, and some people just think that that hood, ghetto, ignorant-ass shit, some people think risking your life to get a BBL is the way. When the BBL shit started by people that wanted to look like black people. And, and one thing I say about niggas is niggas love to do it big. So... Yeah, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And we could look at the Kardashians as people that were flat, that are, um, that are imitating black women, but they imitated us to the point where y'all are in, y'all feel inferior about your God given body. And the place the surgery is being done to a point where a, a black woman with naturally full lips is being asked if she has lip injections. So, you have to understand that the implementation, the implementation of the the internet has that has intensified the ignorance, and is going to intensify the misinformation. And you can't live your life through this alone. And when and when pe people get mad when people say touch grass because 
they think it's something of superiority, but you have to disconnect from this shit because this shit can't be the end all be all. You you talking about um a, a technology that has only been around for 10, 15 years. And in our present time, as powerful as it is and as informative as it is, it is in a sense like we are symbiotic with these cell phones. So um I'm not going to tell you to touch grass. I'm going to tell you to do what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you that I am in a place where I feel like some some days, like, I just want to disconnect from it all. But then also, I feel like I've done all this work to um, reach to people and to speak my piece. And I have to... Um, I have to use my platform for good and I have to speak my opinions and I have to speak out um, and just continually grow this platform for the betterment of somebody being fucking real. Somebody got to be real. Somebody got to have a podcast where they just talking real shit and not mess all the time. Somebody have got to have a podcast where they not putting on a fucking front. And playing dumb and making being stupid a part of their personality just so you can have some banter with your po- with your podcast uh, co-host based off the fact that I can't believe you're this dumb. So, you know, in a world of like marketing strategies, somebody just got to be real. The thing about the Cat Williams inter- uh, interview that broke the Internet is that. We have just been constantly bombarded with people that come onto these podcasts to promote something, come on these podcasts to do PR shit, come on these podcasts to clean up their images for the public. And there has been a lack of people just coming on podcasts, building up podcasts, hosting podcasts, being a guest on a podcast just to be a fucking real nigga, bro. Nobody out there just trying to be real. Everybody have an agenda. I'm telling y'all I, I, that I was at a place where I didn't even know if I was going to do this shit again. And then cameras just started showing up. People just started sending me cameras. Motherfucker gave me a camera. I went through my storage and found a camera. And I said, man, you know what? I got to do this shit. Because somebody, you know, I ain't the realest nigga in the world. That ain't even a title I can give myself. But I know I'm going to keep it real. I, I know I ain't just going to get up here and, and just say inflammatory shit just so I can make a clip that's going to be posted and, oh, this is good. This is good outrage farming. This will get them argument. This will be good for engagement. All that is bullshit because your life has become minimized to engagement. What can I say that people will react to? What can I say that people will disagree with? What can I say that that just spark outrage and I can completely disengage with it? And just let you argue in the comments and boost up my engagement and boost up my platform. And then you have people that want to be where, where the mess and where the gossip is. And now you gaining followers, but all your followers is based off of mess and drama and bullshit. So you might have 150,000 subscribers and 149,000 of them just there for the bullshit. And I'm going to have 100,000 subscribers that really fuck with me. Because they know when I come and I come speak on this thing, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to be real. We ain't going to just say shit to get clips. We ain't going to just say shit, uh, you know, just to get y'all arguing in the comments. You either agree or you disagree. But it's going to be organic. And it's going to be real. It ain't going to be no gimmicks. 
And we're not going to put on a personality. Because that's bullshit. And it's enough bullshit in the world, bro. And then some real shit came along. And you can't replicate real shit. You got Willie D putting out an interview where he's ter terrible interviewing skills. Terrible. An old fool just asking dumb shit. Because he's seen... One thing, y'all can say what y'all want about Shannon Sharp. He let that man go. That man had something to say. That man came on there and was real for an hour and a half, two hours. You can't replicate the real. And you're going to get a lot of people out here trying to replicate the real. But you're going to know when the fake shit when you spot it. So we're just going to keep it pushing, and we're going to keep it real. Um, and speaking of keeping it real... When keeping it real goes wrong. Let's talk about when keeping it real goes wrong, Dave Chappelle. You're talking about my favorite comedian. They have reduced himself to trans jokes and making fun of the handicap. What the fuck? What's to you, bro? You got the Mark Twain on board. You got people heralding, heralding you as the greatest com comedian alive. And... Your response is rather elementary. You talking about this the first. Um, and I'm not even like one of these people that's I'm not a liberal, you know. A liberal is just that's just white people trying to stand in the middle. Um, I'm not a liberal. I, I don't identify with being Democratic or Republican. I, I, I There has to be a third option. But for me, in my mindset, there has to be a third option. There has to be something else. I don't want to associate with this. I feel like all these people are on bullshit, whether it be red, blue, or green. I feel like they're all on bullshit. It's all a power move. But for Dave Chappelle to reduce himself to just, oh, I'm going to show y'all I don't give a fuck. I'm going to keep making trans jokes. I don't, you know, I feel like the trans community is a community. Y'all can be poked fun at just like anybody else. Ain't nobody off limits. But... You starting to make this a part of your identity. This is the guy that makes fun of trans people. This is the guy that makes fun of handicapped people. We talking about elementary school jokes. Just talking about people who you don't understand and people that's different. This is shit that kids do. Not the goat. This ain't what the goat does. And he had funny moments in, in between the thing. But this is like the most disappointing special that I've seen from him. And it's like. A lot of people was like, oh, the Cat Williams interview overshadowed the day. Of, of course it did. It should have. It should have. This is uh, this is disheartening to watch. And it's like, damn, bro. I mean, I guess we'll I guess I guess time will tell if he comes back from this, because this is a, this is a career low for him. And you talking about somebody who could just open up his mouth. And start talking, and I would laugh at it because he's just a naturally funny guy. To me, just looking at this, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is he doing? He's a he's a fifty year old man, and he's doing this on camera. He's doing this, bro. This is shit that kids in elementary school do. That shit I did in elementary school. <sighs> you know. But I ain't gonna say he lost a fan, but he definitely he definitely lost a plot. Deontay Kyle here from the Grits and Eggs podcast. Hey, I'm looking for 
ad space. I'm looking for somebody to fill these spaces with ads. Your ad here. Email me at thegritsandeggspod at gmail.com. If you need um, marketing, if you need promotion, if you lack awareness to your brand or product, I will promote your shit for absolutely free. Okay? Until these big corporations reach out and somebody trying to give me some chicken, these ad spaces are going to be reserved for you. People that need the eyeballs. And even when they start giving me some chicken, I'll still show you some love. So, hit me up at thegristandeggspod at gmail.com. If you need marketing promotion, you got a brand, you got a product, you're a barber, you're a hairstylist, you do nails, you do brows, whatever it is you do. If you want eyes on your shit, holler at me, and I will promote it for absolutely free. Just to show love, just to give back. That's the least I could do. Now back to the show. All right, it's time for that popcorn player. We're going to do it a little different this week. Um, I'm gonna give y'all the movie. I'm gonna give y'all the suggestion first, okay? Um, the suggestion of the week will be the Netflix series, um, The Brother Son. Um, me and my wife are watching it together. I'm only about four episodes in, but it's got us hooked. I mean, we all in on this shit right now. We don't know how it's gonna end, but it is good. And it's starting. You know, I don't want to say nobody's name wrong, but the lady from Everything Everywhere All at Once that starred in that is the star of this. And they're doing a great job, and I'm fucking with it. Shit hard. The brother's son. But this week, instead of doing a movie review, what we're going to do is we're going to use the producer hat. We're going to wear the producer hat this week, and we're going to create a plot for a movie. Because on my TikTok, I had um, did on my 2024 wish list that I wanted to see Jamie Foxx and Tony Collette star in a horror film. And... Who knows? That might not ever happen. So we're just going to make it happen today. So we're going to base this on Jamie Foxx and Tony Collette being in a relationship. Now, they have to have a daughter for this to make sense. So who's a young, ambiguous lady? Who's a young, ambiguous actor um, that would be fitting for their daughter? What's the, what's the, who's the, on the cast of, um, what's that, what's that, what's that show called with Zendaya Bay? Euphoria. Okay, we're going to go to the cast of Euphoria. And we're going to look... Uh, what's, what's Shorty name? Where is Shorty at? There we go. So we're going to say Jamie Foxx and Tony Collette are married. And their daughter is Storm Reed. So... This is how we're going to open up the movie. We're going to open up the movie with Storm Reed doing an ancestry because... Though she knows Tony Collette's dad and mom's side of the family, she knows both her grandparents. She only knows her grandma on her dad's side of the family, and the father is a mystery. Now, the now Jamie Foxx don't care about finding out about his dad. You know, he's an old man. He's set in his ways. He's made himself. He's successful. Uh, we're gonna say that he is. Give me a career. What's a good career? What's a good career? Let's say he's in uh, marketing and advertisement. You know, he's a he's a he, he's a regional success in the South East region. He is in the top five of marketing and advertisement VPs or whatever people do. We're just gonna give him a job, and he has afforded Tony Collette the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom, but she's also like 
you know, she got to do some white woman shit. Uh, what's the white woman? Like, she do some Etsy shit, some DIY shit, and she's a, uh, a YouTuber. You know, let's just say that. Like, she does Etsy and, you know, she makes products. She knits or she sews or she makes houses like she did in Hereditary. <laughs> but this is what we're going to say. We're going to start it off with Storm Reed uh, submitting a 23andMe. Um, unbeknownst to her parents. So we're going to show like the whole process and then we're going to show her getting her results back. And then when she gets her results back, she realizes that she has first cousins on her dad's side from Savannah, Georgia. And she tells her dad all about it. And then she's trying to convince him to do the 23 and me. And he's upset with her um, because she went behind his back and she discovered this thing about him that he had already let go of. You know, he didn't want to know anything about it. But eventually, through talking to his wife one night, laid, in, laid up in the bed, you know, as they do in the movies when the couple is laid up reading books and doing shit like that, uh, Tony Collette convinces him, hey, give it a chance. You know, you've, you've made a success out yourself. This is something you've always talked about. As much as you say you don't care about it, you always are bringing it up. You're always talking about it. This is a point of contention for you. And I think it would benefit you to know about that side of your family. Um, so he does it. And then he finds, as well, some of his own first cousins on 23andMe. And they talk and they conversate and they go back and forth. And his mother warns him, don't get involved with those people. It's something dark about those people. I didn't tell you about your daddy for a reason. Now, we also have this bitter baby mama narrative swinging. And then Tony Collette's going to insert her white opinion. Hey, you know, just because things didn't work out between your mom and him doesn't mean things won't work out between you and him. And he goes down to Savannah, Georgia to discover... His father's family meets up with his, his first cousins on his father's side, and they know all about his dad, but unfortunately his dad has passed away. And his dad has left a widow behind and some more children. And he gets to meet his, his, his uh, siblings, and he gets to meet uh, what would essentially be his stepmother on his father's side, and she's a widower, and she's giving him all this information. <laughs> And he's left a box to him. And he says, if he ever discovered me, give him this. And now we have this mentality that the mother was just trying to keep him away. But there's something about this family that is a little off. Something a little off about this family. And as he does further diving, he learns that his family... His father's side of the family actually was on a plantation in Savannah. They were enslaved on a plantation down there in Savannah, Georgia. And his wife, for whatever reason, thinks that it would be a good idea to go visit this plantation. And you know how niggas is when they got their white woman. They don't think they could do no wrong. And they go visit this plantation against the wishes of everyone else, curiosity is going to kill the cat. And somehow, let's see, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? I feel like we're cooking. But uh, 
I feel like we're doing good, but hold on, let's let's figure out where's the twist, where's the turn. Storm Reed is very excited about this. She's excited to learn about the history of her family. She's not a, ashamed of her connection to slavery and her ancestors being enslaved. Tony Collette is on edge about it, but she's also curious. Jamie Foxx is the only one that's kind of like taking heed, like, hey, don't go over there. Um, we've never had a good experience with that. We've stayed away from that, and we stay by this, but they decide to go anyway and discover. But this mansion, this plantation home, is haunted. And it's haunted by the souls of those who did the enslaving and those who were enslaved there. And somehow, they booked this. Um, they booked this visit to get uh, you know a tour of it because it is a historical site. And the people that are giving the tour are sketchy people too, sketchy white people at that. Um, and they say, "Hey, you guys, you can do your own discovering, and we'll be back." What a smirk on their face. Well, something weird going on. Now, you got to remember, some of these souls that are trapped here are Jamie Foxx's direct ancestors. And some, all of a sudden, something happens. Something happens in the house. They become locked in the house. The spirits lock them in the house. And Jamie Foxx's ancestors come alight like, you ain't here dating this white bitch. But did you know? Here's the twist. Here's the turn. Did you know the people that enslaved us here are her ancestors? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit, better get wicked in this bitch. <laughs> now he is married and has a child by somebody who directly enslaved his people. And we're going to stop it there because that, that's where it's going to get good. This is where we have to build it out. Now, this is a hell of a story. It's a story about the ugly side of, of slavery that nobody wants to talk about. It's a story about a black man reconnecting with the roots of his father. And we'll figure out that backstory. We'll figure all that out. But I just wanted to do something different. Next week, I'm gonna um I'm 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 gonna do this like every few episodes. Instead of doing reviews, we're just gonna create plots. I think that's an interesting thing to do. Um, but we are I'm sorry to end this so abruptly, but my um the device that I'm recording on is um, only at 10%. And I think we're at 50 minutes in. I think it would be wise to go ahead and wrap this thing up. This is episode 13 of the Gris and Eggs podcast. To be named later. To be named later. And to get better as we go on. As I go on, we'll add segments. You know, right now, this would be this would be where I'd start interacting with the fans. This is where I would interact with the listeners. But nobody has sent me any emails. Nobody has any questions. Nobody needs any advice. Would you would you, you want to say something? No, I did email you. Oh, you did email me, didn't you? <laughs> Let's see what your email says. <laughs> you did email me, didn't you? All right. We'll answer an email from the listener. Check, check. All right, let's check this out here. Let's see. 
Oh, Deanna Marquis. Question. Why the fuck you so fine? <laughs> Flattered. Flattered. Happy to be your husband. Um, also, do you think that bad experiences that you had in life led you to much greater glories than the good? I wish you much success and prosperity on your journey. May you skyrocket through the atmosphere. Baby, I appreciate that. That's so sweet. That's heartfelt. Do you think the bad experiences you've had in life have led you to much greater glories than the good? I think I think your bad experiences will propel you towards good when you make the conscious decision that the bad experiences aren't that ain't your story. That ain't your end all be all. Those aren't going to be the things that define you. Those are going to be the things that are just there for, you know, strictly built character. Because, you know, I've had my fair share of bad experiences. And I think that I was raised in a household and raised around a family where I didn't have any um, examples of the success I wanted in life. But I did have examples of what I did not want to be in life. And I think sometimes if you don't internalize that and or or replicate those things, having examples of what not to be opens you up to a world of possibilities. It opens up to a world of like, well, what else is out there? If I feel it in myself, I can be more Then I know that there's somebody out there doing more. And I think that, yeah, I think my negative experiences have propelled me. And yeah, you have a lingering trauma from things you went through, but you, I just had made a decision that this this isn't going to define me. I'm not going to be defined by um, finding out I was adopted at 31. I am who I am. I'm not going to be defined by my drug addiction. I'm going to get over that. I don't want to be a fucking loser. I'm not going to be defined by my parents' divorce and the subsequently terrible relationship that came from that with my mother and my father. I'm not going to be defined by having a sister that's hooked on drugs and another sister I hardly talk to or having to really go no call, no show with a lot of my family, no contact. I'm going to continue to define myself despite it. And a lot of that comes from knowledge. A lot of that comes from information. But a lot of those negative experiences will grant you with wisdom in life, especially once you overcome it. So I do think that the, the bad did lead me to the good. But I don't think that's the only way to get to the good. I don't think you need to necessarily go through hard times to have good times. I think that everybody's dealt a different set of hand, uh, a different hand of cards. And I just played my cards how I wanted to. And with some of them cards, I gave them back and asked for a new deal. I need you to redeal me. Yeah, I could take these, but some of this shit, it ain't going with me. Can you reshuffle the cards and hand me out some new ones? And you take them new cards and you do what it what you will. Um, but thank you for asking the question. And thank you again for all the love and all the support that you have given to me. Not only with this podcast adventure, but just in our 13 years together. And thank you for being such a great mother and such a great wife. I'm lucky to have you and I know the kids are lucky to have you as well. So I love you. And that is how we're going to end the podcast today. And if you ever want me to answer your questions, email me at gritsandeggspodcast.com. We don't have a song of the week, um, but I do have submissions, and I'm going to choose, and we're going to do a song of the week going forward. Um, 
I had a little couple issues yesterday, technical difficulties and issues with the camera that prevented me from being able to do this by myself. So until I figure out how to have it automated and where I can do everything by myself, I'm going to have to wait for somebody to come in here and assist me. And nine times out of ten, that's going to be my wife, Deanna. Uh, she's going to be behind the cam. Eventually, we're going to put a beat mic out there and let her get some input. We're going to make her more of a, a producer than just a, an assistant. Um, but I thank y'all for listening. I thank y'all for tuning in. I thank y'all for all the support. This has been episode 13 of the Grits and Eggs podcast. We out!